In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went to his hometown and his disciples accompanied him. With the coming of the Sabbath, he began teaching in a synagogue, and most of them were astonished when they heard him. They said, Where did the man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been granted him, and these miracles that are worked through him? This is the carpenter, surely, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Jude and Simon. His sisters too, are they not here with us? And they would not accept him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is only despised in his own country, among his own relations, and in his own house. And he could work no miracle there, though he cured a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord Our Lord wins admiration throughout the land except in his own town. That's irony for you. You would expect that his fellow townsfolk would be exhilarated and would have given him a hero's welcome to feed his accomplishments and fame, the very fame that had made his hometown famous. You know, he's not just any Jesus, but he's Jesus of Nazareth. The small, insignificant town could never have made it into the big leagues without the help of their most celebrated son. But instead, he encounters failure and rejection. St. Mark poignantly notes, and they would not accept him. That Sabbath, as was his custom in other towns, our Lord begins to teach in a synagogue. His townspeople were astonished when they heard him, but their astonishment was not one of admiration, as in other places. Here it took the form of incredulity. In their minds, our Lord was just one of the guys, nothing extraordinary about him. In fact, their familiarity with him and his family led to a sort of content. Their disdain for him even suggests that our Lord was only fit for the carpenter's job that it had been associated with. He could not amount to anything more, and so he asked, Where did the man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been granted him and these miracles that are worked through him? These questions did not reveal a sincere search for the truth. They were not really interested in an answer, but they betrayed their indignant skepticism. The result of their incredulity seemed to have impacted our Lord's power. But it is not that our Lord lost the power to perform miracles in their midst. Their lack of faith was the real problem and the obstacle. It would have prevented them from seeking out the Lord to ask for a favor. If they have a roof to mend or a furniture to make, then the obvious choice was to look for Jesus, the carpenter, the son of Mary. But if they were looking for a miracle, Jesus would be the last candidate on the list. If they are always looking out for the faults and shortfalls of the other, they will be pre prevented from recognizing the action of God 
even if this was to take place before their eyes. What are some lessons which we can take away from this disturbing story? A story which seemed to show up the powerlessness of our Lord. First, our Lord shows us that it is okay to fail, but it is not okay to give up, never okay. The fact is, every wonderful invention, every widely held positive belief turn into positive action is the direct result of someone who did not give up. It's also a fact that you're going to fail once in a while. You're going to be rejected once in a while, no matter how hard you try not to fail. Everybody fails. Yes, everybody, including our Lord in his hometown. The important thing is how you respond to your failure. Our Lord refused to be beaten, to be cowed into submission, to be discouraged and pushed back to his old life, a carpenter living in anonymity. He understood that what seemed to be failure may actually be victory and success. This is what happened at the cross. Second, our Lord shows us that a true measure of success is not public approval. It has nothing to do well, what people think of you is not at the end of the day, you have a crowd standing up, giving you a resounding ovation. If every one of us allows others' opinions to shape us, we will no longer have any firm bearing or direction. Our Lord's life shows us that the true measure of our worth is not determined by the success or public opinion, or by how loud the clout applauds, but by our fidelity to the Father's will. We should not only be concerned with doing the Father's will, we should only be concerned with doing the Father's will, even if that means receiving mockery, rejection, opposition from others, including our loved ones and closest friends. Third, the story teaches us that knowing something about someone doesn't mean that we know everything about the person. How often have we made the mistake of sizing up someone, putting them into a box, dismissing their potential and drawing lasting conclusions about their true worth? Let us be honest, many of us have done it and repeatedly still do it. Dismissing someone whom we do not like may have dire consequences. We could actually be turning our back on God, who is using this person to speak to us. At baptism, we have received a share in the triple munera of Christ as priest, prophet, and king. A priest is meant to worship, a prophet is meant to speak, and a king is meant to lead. When we abdicate these roles in our daily lives, we are turning our backs on our baptismal identity and the call of Christ to be his representatives on earth. Admittedly, being a prophet and to live and speak prophetically is never easy. To stand against the world of denial is an extremely lonely occupation, and it leaves many isolated from society and without honor in their own family. But remember, a prophet is only despised in his own country, so it comes with a job description. Christ possibly more than any other prophet knew this, and it is in him 
that we would find our model and inspiration. A prophet doesn't take his cue or directions from his audience. He takes it from God. In Christ's life, we come to learn that it is okay to fail, but not okay to give up. That the true measure of success in our vocation is not public acceptance, but fidelity to God's plans. And finally, we should never be too quick and arrogant to boast of our knowledge, for we are so conditioned and limited by what we think we know, we will never be truly open to what God wishes to reveal to us. At the end of the day, we are called to be God's faithful messengers and not public relations spokesmen with a human agenda. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.